and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Anna Repberg. And I'm Casey Muratori. And our movie this week, the second movie in our Spooky Movies Month, is Psycho, uh, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, it's not Psycho? It's not Psycho, oh. no. All right, well, let um, me just make a few corrections here to my notes. So this movie's obviously a classic, right? Um, I had seen it before. I uh, had not. Yeah, so uh, what do you think? Didn't care for it. Of course. Obviously. I didn't, mean, of course. Didn't care for it. Of course you didn't. What do you mean, of course I didn't? Because you, you, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. I love The Shining. You it's heard true. me say so many, you like, said you fawning did, things you, about it. You did it. say you don't like Hitchcock. I don't. Uh, I have never seen a Hitchcock movie that I actually liked, except for maybe Strangers on a Train. Interesting. There was a time, there was like a certain period when, and maybe that period continues today, I'm not sure. But uh, there was a lot of cock on Netflix. Uh, you could go on there and there was just like, you know, there was like maybe eight cock films. And uh, I watched like all of them or something that they had. So I don't remember exactly which films they were and I don't remember much about them even other than I was like, I don't get why this is famous. So like when I saw Gone with the Wind or Citizen Kane, it was pretty clear why these were famous. Right. I yeah. was like, okay, I get it. When I saw the Hitchcock films, I was like, I have, I don't understand. I'm like, I don't understand why these are still referred to. I could see why maybe people went to them at the time, but mm. they felt more like, um, you know, a random summer blockbuster might feel if you went back and watched it mm. 20 or 30 years later, where I was like, okay, like, it's fine. I mean, I could see someone going to this movie, but I'm like, I have no idea why this is considered a classic. Really? Even with so, Psycho? Even with Psycho? No idea with Psycho at all. Totally stumped. Really? Um, That's so, so weird. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, it might just be because I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing the brilliance or whatever. But for me, if I don't try to adjust for inflation, I, I don't see it. Whereas with other movies, I definitely have. So it's not like I go back and watch, like when I watch it as in I'm like, I understand why this is famous. I'm like, it's, it's good even now. And I can see like all of these kind of crazy stuff they were doing for back then that a lot of filmmakers don't even remember to do now. And I'm just like, okay, like, Obviously, right? Um, with this movie, I don't know. It felt like a like basically they took you know what might have been a decent Twilight Zone episode and turned it into a two-hour movie and just did not know how to do that. To me, it looked there's just a, a lot of filler. I thought the lighting was terrible throughout. Like it was just very hard to see a lot of stuff and not in a way that was like clever. Just in a way that's like there's not enough light in this scene. Hmm. Um, and I thought that the the overall like script structure was was lousy, um, which which is a complaint I have with a lot of these Hitchcock films. Like I don't think they are put together in a way that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, in this movie, you mm -hmm. have things like main characters suddenly showing up, like you know, fifty percent of the way through the movie, and you don't even know who they are, and it's just it's very strange. Oh, I was gonna say I that um, was something I really like about Psycho. Okay, so I love that it starts out following this woman, right? And yeah. everything she's doing. And it takes all of the time to like to show all of the thought process of the character, which I really like. It does the movie does this throughout. It really spends a lot of time with the characters where it's like Yeah. It, it's really good at communicating like what everyone is thinking, like what she's thinking, right? She never at any point just says, like, I'm gonna take the forty thousand dollars, right? Like you see all of the thought process in her head, her Going back and forth and throughout the movie, right? Well, they like, literally, like, there's literal voiceover for, like, five minutes 
of her thinking about things in the car too. So well, I mean, yeah. yes. But I mean, I just think I think the movie does a really nice job of of letting you know what the character is thinking without saying anything for the most part. It does have like those moments like the one in the car where she's like having this internal monologue or this she's in her head going through the sequence of events of like what's probably happening right now. Right, which I was sort of okay with. Um, I like. I, I didn't have any problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm of. I, I'm of two opinions on that. Like one, I didn't love it because it's very. Um, it sticks out like a sore thumb because it doesn't happen uh, for the rest of the film. But the reason I'm like, well, okay, it was probably better that you did that than you didn't do it because if you hadn't have done it, then the only time in the movie that that ever happened would have been at the end where we hear the internal voice mm-hmm. of mother inside uh, Mr. Psycho, Norman. And that would have been even worse. So, like, I, I'm split on it. I didn't think it was very good. It wasn't good in isolation, but mm-hmm. when taken with the fact that they had to do that, I'm like, mm, okay. I also like, I like that it allows them not to cut back to those scenes happening. Like, I like that it lets you stay with her and, like, in her head rather than cutting and jumping back to all of those events happening and showing them, which doesn't seem important, right? Like, what she's experiencing, Did, her fear is, like, more important. Disagree. Um, so... Again, one of my main problems with this screenplay, assuming that it is mostly screenplay, because I'm imagining that it was shot somewhat like it was written down, uh, is that it? I feel like its attention is always in the wrong place, and that's an example of that. Uh, so let me start with, because let me go back to a previous thing you said, because it, it... Sure. Well, I never did finish my original thought, which Okay, is, we'll finish your original thought. Well, because the thing I was trying to say originally, because you had mentioned introducing its main character yeah. like, later on, which I really like. I like that it spends so much time with this lady for the first, like, I don't know, 45 minutes of the movie. And you kind of, like, think that she's the main character, right? You don't think she's going to die, right? And I, I just, I love how it kind of halfway through or whatever completely like pulls the rug out from under you and is like oh actually we're just gonna this is actually a story about this guy and we're gonna like her story just gets cut off i I just think it's such a it's such an interesting idea uh to sort of like cut off a character's story surprising the viewer right and then just kind of like follow the the sequence of events that follows of the person who killed her um i guess it didn't really have a whole much of an effect on me for a number of reasons but i guess now I'm now I'm torn about which thing to talk about first. Okay, because <laughs> we said so many things now, I all know. of which I wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, I guess that's typical for when you and I have pretty strong, like differing opinions on a movie, right? Yeah, because it means like each individual thing we each took it a different way, and so it's hard to like go to each one. Yeah. So let me start with the first thing you said though, about how it's showing their thought process. I actually disagree with that. I think it was really bad at that, and the clearest example I can give is so there's a scene in this movie okay where it's where where it's where does the $40,000 go right that's the the entire scene we literally watch this lady open every drawer in the hotel room and then close it again then finally put it inside a newspaper the money we show that newspaper in like cutaways to the newspaper like 12 freaking times. And then in the end, it never matters. So it's like, okay, on the one hand, maybe what you're trying to do is put some misdirection in there so that I think that that, that what happens to the 40 grand is going to be important and it turns out it never is. 
But even if that's true, well, yeah, you I, are overemphasizing this. We are spending literally two minutes of screen time on the location of an item that doesn't matter. Well, yeah, that is not good. I think I like this stuff because there's some really creative shots. Hitchcock does some really cool camera work. There and are some shots, shots I like. There's a really yes. cool one where it like Norman is going into the bathroom and like they've taken the wall out from basically behind the bed and the nightstand. And so yeah. the camera's like panning behind or I guess dollying behind those things and it's always the newspaper on the front it's like always in your field of vision as he's going through and then that that sort of moment where he you think you think it's there they left it behind like it's going to be a clue right to what happened to her and then he does take it and put it in the car and you're like ah crap because you're like okay now they're not how are they going to find you know what happened to her which is fine (laughs) if that was the only shot right but it's like there's so many shots so while I agree with you that it doesn't do, while it doesn't undershow what's going on, it massively overshows. There's just like so many points in this movie I'm watching. I'm like, I get it. The cop is watching her or whatever. It's like, stop already. Just, I understand. Like, you're, you're you so like, oh, man, I liked the cop watching her stuff too. It's like really creepy. And it wasn't. It was just over. It was just repetitive. And again, didn't matter. It was like it's it. There's so much like just repeating things over and over that I already know. But I didn't like it. To me, like it was it. just this build, building up the the sort of the suspense and the intensity. Like the I I loved the stuff with the cop. I thought it was really kind of creepy. Even the way he you know he he's got those big sunglasses on and he just kind of watching her. It kind of highlights her paranoia, right? She's doing something that is. Totally out of character for her, right? Right. That's not normally something she would do. You can tell she's really scared and paranoid about it. And so I feel like it was really playing up the the you're being followed, you're being watched kind of like you're not going to get away with this thing. I don't know. I, I felt like it worked really well. To what end? I mean, what was like if you'd had half that number, like would it really have changed the feeling? Because nothing happens. So it's it's literally just there to establish this sort of tension that maybe the cop's going to do something and that she's worried about it. Yeah. But that, I mean, we literally have, I don't even know how much screen time, 15 minutes of screen time from when she first gets woken up by the cop in her car to after she drives away and the cop is no longer in the movie and nothing happens. It's, it's literally that much time to established that maybe she's worried about the cop, which she should be. So it's not even, it's not paranoia. It's just no, it's... normal tension. And it was established already. It's just very, repetitive is my best description for this movie. It just keeps doing the same thing over and over again. And like that, it really wears out its welcome for me. Hmm. I, I'm just bored in this hmm. movie. I'm just watching. I'm like, I get it. The cop's watching now. Are, is anything else going to happen? And then the answer is always no. Right. It's like, nope, nothing else is going to happen. That was that was it. It's the cop is watching her. That's the point of this 15 minutes. Right. And but that's not the point. That's definitely not the point of the 15 minutes of the cop watching her. It is. There's no other point. What's the other point to it? I think it's about it's about creating that feeling of of intent. That's what I mean. The feeling that that she's being watched, which is true. It's not it's not giving us insight into the character. That is the normal thing that anyone would be feeling. So. It's not like you're trying to get across some subtle, confusing, unintuitive psychological reaction this woman is having. 
just knowing a cop is watching is enough information for me to already be in the same mindset because that's what anyone would think. It's not unusual. It's not different. Sure. Right? You know? Yeah, I mean, there's no denying, like, Hitchcock is not subtle. It's not his thing. He's not even just (laughs) not subtle. He's blatant. Like, yeah, and over even, the and top. I would say his film, He's the Michael Bay his, of this period. And I do think his filmmaking in general is very, like, over the top kind of. But I don't I don't mind it. Like, yeah. like, a lot of the camera work is, like, I think for the time was actually probably quite creative um, and unusual. There's really cool stuff happening with the camera work. There were one or two shots where that I was pretty, like, I really liked that. The, the one that I, I liked the most was there's a shot where, you know, he has to kind of... Uh, so Norman has to take his mother out from the bedroom. Yeah, I was thinking that shot too. And yeah. they can't show it normally. Like they have to show it obfuscated because of course the mother is actually dead. So any kind of angle that's going to really give you a good look at the mother wouldn't be okay. And so, you know, there's a bunch of ways you could have done that, but he picks this really interesting one where you you kind of go up yep. and view it from overhead. Yes, yep. Uh which was like, you know, it was pretty interesting. I I don't know. It's interesting, but that's about it. Like, in other words, it's interesting, but it also didn't really give me, it wasn't creepy or anything. So it, you know, again, I I don't give it like amazing marks. It doesn't feel, for example, like a Citizen Kane where it's like, oh, you figured out ways to do shots that accomplish the actual thing you needed to do, and also they communicate a certain thing about the story right now. It didn't do that. Hmm. It gave me a God's eye view, which makes me feel less creeped out or less like in the mind of Norman where he's panicking. Or it, it, It's hmm. not a cinematic camera in that sense, or sorry, the dramatic camera in that sense where it's like it's doing two things at once. It's just doing one thing, which is creating an interesting image, which I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't put it up there with something like, you know, The Shining or, or A Citizen Kane where you're like, oh, I see what you're doing here. That's that's really kind of cool that you got a twofer, right? Mm-hmm. But I give it full marks for like, hey, it was it was interesting image, right? It was a good looking image. I, yeah, I guess I just don't mind because I, I, do, I do agree that there is obviously like a lack of subtlety in this movie. Or I, and I think in general in, in Hitchcock, he's not a subtle director. No. But I, I still enjoy his movies because I do think he's good at he's good at building up intensity. He's good at suspenseful kind of feelings and situations. Um, I do think he's good at building up tension. And I do think like I do. Th- I like the way he spends time with his characters. I do think he he really lets them have time to sort of like feel things like you can actually he spends a lot of time. With their thought process. I know you disagree with this maybe, but I, I felt like he spends a lot of time with their expressions and their actions in a way where, and maybe it's heavy handed, you would say, but I like that you always have a pretty, a very clear idea in your head of what someone's thinking without it explicitly saying that. Um, and maybe he's not the most subtle in communicating that, but I, I, I like that you're always, you're always very clear on what the character's thinking at every at any given moment. I mean, yeah, again, I, I really just disagree. I, I, I agree that it's overly blatant for certain things, but those things are not complicated. Asking a question like, where am I going to put this money is not that complicated. Like, we, we don't really have, there's not a difficulty in describing that. On the other hand, if you take a more complex thing that happens to those characters, I think they just come out of nowhere. So, for example, uh, at one point, this lady, uh, the the original woman who stole the money, whose name I uh, escapes me, um, Crane, her last name was Crane. 
I remember that. Okay. It's part of the plot. <laughs> That's why I remember that. Her last name is Crane. Although I guess her sister's last name would also be Crane if she's not married. Um, so they're, maybe they're both Crane. Don't know. Anyway, the first Crane, the Crane who gets killed. At one point, she decides to return the money. No idea why. None. I, I was not part of that thought process at all. I don't understand why she had that change of heart. I guess it was because of the conversation with Norman, but Norman's extremely creepy. So I'm not sure if that was just because she had an unsettling conversation sort of about that. I mean, and she looked at this guy and thought it was. But but also at that point, cause to me, it wasn't it wasn't surprising because the whole movie you can like you can tell how uncomfortable she is with the choice she's made. Right. Like the whole time. But I'm just trying to give an example of why we spent uh, tons of shots trying to show you where she's going to put some money, but no shots on that reversal. It just happens. We don't even see. It's not like Lawrence of Arabia where he goes out in the desert and thinks for an evening, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It just happens. So I would strongly disagree. I don't. I think it's completely unbalanced. It's just he's just showing stuff. And that stuff is not thought about as to what... That would be a big moment in this movie. She stole this money and we've been following her for like 30 minutes with this stolen money. And it just comes out of nowhere that she's going to return it. So no, like like I, I don't buy it at all that Hitchcock is good at showing us the internal machinations. He totally skips the hard ones and then spends five minutes showing us stuff that we don't even need to know. I don't even care where she put that money. It's not important what her thought process even is in this movie. And yeah, maybe it was interesting for misdirection, but you can't be spending all that screen time on misdirection and then not show me an important character moment like I decided not to go along with my crazy plan. It's just, it's nuts, right? So I don't know. I'm I'm totally not on board with that. I think hmm. this was totally ham-fisted. And I would go even further and say it's totally unbalanced across characters. The private eye, the boyfriend, the sister... We never get any of that time with them. Mm-hmm. We, we barely even see the sister ever in her own shot. The only time we ever see her thinking on her own is when she's like exploring the Bates house. Mm-hmm. So no, like, like those characters, I have no idea what they're thinking. I didn't even know who they were, really. I mean, I knew their literal script definition, like this is boyfriend of the person or whatever. But I had no idea who they were. I didn't know what they wanted or what their needs were or like how their life was or how they were approaching the situation. Do they tend to be scared? Do they not? The only time I really saw that was just literally in the moment. Like, what does this character do? Okay, I guess they're I I guess the sister is very brave because she never seems to be worried, right? Or scared. She seems like gritty. So, okay, that's it. But it wasn't like that was established or that I saw her kind of be scared and then she's like, no, I'm gonna be strong for my sister or any of these things. I never knew like what was going on there. So again, across characters, I would also completely disagree that he's good at showing it. He's not. He just Mm -hmm. skips it. Private eye, same thing. It's just skipped. It's not there. Yeah, I guess maybe in those characters, they're not not super fleshed out. Which Um, is an hour and 15 of the movie. The other girl's dead. So it's mo- it's like it's either most of or half of the mm-hmm. movie is characters you never get any development for. The, the the boyfriend you get a little bit in the opening scene. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I I guess I kind of agree with you. It doesn't it doesn't bother me um, in the oh, uh, in the experience yeah. of watching the movie. Yeah. At that point in the movie, it doesn't seem like it super matters what those characters' deal is because at that point you're sort of more interested in in. It's about them finding out, like, that tension of, like, will they find out what happened to her? 
will Norman kill? Or I guess at that point you don't know it's Norman, right? Uh, will the mother, w- you know, what's the deal with the right, mother? Will right. the mother kill them? Like at that point in the movie, your attention is elsewhere. At least, you know what I mean? I think th- I think you're not. My attention is not elsewhere. Really? I, like I mean, okay. like you know that I pay attention to main character. Like when whoever is the protagonist at a particular point, like I'm in there with them. And I notice when I don't really know who I'm hanging out with, mm-hmm. right? We, yeah. We've had I mean, this like, I think multiple at this, times, At that right? point, it was clear. To me, it's like she's looking for her sister, right? To me, like that motivation is clear. You know, she's very motivated. She wants to find out what happened to her sister. She's worried and she's motivated. And same it's with clear, the boyfriend. It's clear on paper, but we don't feel it. That is not something we feel. We, don't, we, we never get a moment with that sister where she's distraught about the fact that her sister's gone. It's, we're, we're just told. Right. It's it's the Dune style storytelling. Like someone said that this was true. So it's true. But we never feel it. We don't get real visceral stuff on the screen that shows us her worry and resolve about her sister. It's just mechanical. Yeah, I, I would agree that those characters serve a much more mechanical purpose it's in the plot. 100% mechanical. Up until the end. I mean, I think for me, the, the part I like the least is the the very end where the. This I don't know if he's like a psychologist guy or yeah. whatever is describing. Oh yeah, like that's for me that's pretty bad. And like the the sister's reaction there, he's like, "Your sister's dead." Yes, terrible. And she's like, "Oh, you know what I mean." She has like no it's, reaction, it's, it's not good. and then he just goes on to this long spiel about like what's going on in Norman's like yep. psych, and it's just that that totally sucks. Which we um, already know. This is why I say it's so yeah, it unbalanced. To, it's it's five to, minutes of this monologue that like. We already know. I already knew all that. You're telling me things that are blatantly obvious from the screenplay yeah, that I've seen so I think, far. I think I, I would totally agree that I, I think Hitchcock, at least in this film, I mean, I've seen a, f- a handful of his others. I would need to watch them again. It's been it's been like I think I, I think I watched these in like high school or something. So it's okay, been a very yeah, long time. Yeah. But I do think I do think like he hits you over the head. Right. He's a bit ham fisted. A lot of the times it's to the movie's like detriment. Like it's move. It's that if you just took out that monologue by the psychologist at the end, it's way better. It's way better. Um, and I, I that that was the only part of the movie where I had like a pretty strong negative reaction. I'm like, just cut this. Like this isn't good. And the the lack of reaction from the boyfriend and the sister was like really bad to me too because they've just they've just no, spent it's terrible. this whole bunch of time looking for her and they finally found out and they're like not even upset really. It's terrible. They're more just like, oh, this is because like. The way the, mo- well, the way that movie is treating it is it's like, oh, here's the answer to the mystery. So everyone's happy that yeah, they everyone's figured it happy. out. Yeah, everyone's happy. They yes. figured out, like, what's going on yes. with Norman and the mother. Like, yeah. Because that's what the audience is more curious about. Like, it's it's a movie that's really, like, hyper fixated on the audience and not the characters in the story. That's why I called it a, seemed like a stretched Twilight Zone. So yeah. in Twilight Zone... A lot of times it's just it's about the like thought experiment. Yeah. It's not yeah. really about the people. It's about abstracting away what happens to the people as like a modern day Aesop's fable. Yes. Right? Yes, yes, yes. And that's what this feels like, but it's two hours. And mm-hmm. in two you can't do that in two hours. It feels wrong because you're like, in two hours, we expect to know these people and we expect them to behave like real people. We expect this to be an actual story that we're in, not a little like you know, uh, like children's tale that like teaches a mm-hmm. lesson or something, which is something like the Twilight Zone does, where we get it. Like it's condensed. It ha- yeah, it's, yeah. It's uh, abstract, right? It, it's, I would say you know, it definitely feel. It definitely has that Twilight Zone it does. kind of like vibe to it. And um, so, furthermore, I would say like I would actually move back further than that in how bad the ending sucked. I thought the entire ending sucked, literally from like when she goes into the basement. 
and then forward. Um, I liked the shot at the end. I liked that actor who played Norman Bates. Mm-hmm. I liked his creepy look. And that I love um, the. I do love the like the last two shots, like so the the zoom in on Norman, and then when it does the fade to the car, it flashes to the the skeletal Skull, face yeah. of the mother. Like yeah. that's a really cool moment. And then to the I and I love too the transition to the car, the car being pulled out with the music cue. Like I think that ending just works really well. I don't know if I agree about the car being pulled out because I don't know why that's the last shot. Was there something about that that makes that interesting to you? Well, it's kind of a resolution. They found her. They found the money. Like it's it's all the things okay. sort of tied up in this bow. Because like... I could see that being a really interesting last shot if there if if the audience knew. Like okay, so let's suppose let's in the good version of this movie, which I'm totally comfortable saying because I do not know why this is a classic. <laughs> in the good version of this movie, there's one more thing that the audience knows that everyone else doesn't know. Like like something actually, there's more than just about the money that's with the sister. Mm-hmm. Something important. Which would have been nice, actually, like if she stole the money for something more than just I stole the money and drove toward my boyfriend or whatever, which is kind of not that interesting. So suppose there was something else. Like there's a letter that was she wrapped up with the money that says this secret thing that's important, Right. Then when you cut to the last shot and they're pulling the car out, that makes sense to me because it's like, oh, there's like a there's more that's going to happen after the movie ends. Right. There's like they're going to find the thing and and that's interesting or it's like foreboding. It's like what's going to happen. Right. And there's been like last shots of movies that are like that. They're like, oh, there's this other thing. And this is sort of suggesting what might happen. but We're not really going to tell you Mm -hmm. the whole story. That would make sense. Here it's just like, yep, pulling a car out of the mud. Who cares, right? I, I just, I so mean, I didn't me, like it's, that. It's just but. a because it's a brief shot too. I think it's just it's a pin. It's a little pin of closure. It's like t- it, to me, it just feels like tying up the story in a little bow, right? It's resolved. It they found her. They found the money. Yeah, which just doesn't feel good to me in a in a suspense, creepy murder. It's like I don't want it to end like a comedy and everyone lived happily ever. We found the car. It's like what. That's not this kind of movie. Yeah. It just don't make sense. So that's why I say, like, I didn't like that ending. Tonally, hmm. I thought it was tonally terrible. Again, going back to The Shining, The Shining, I don't even like the technical aspect of the last shot. Uh, or not the technical aspect, the technical screenplay aspect. I love the technical filming aspect. Yeah, yeah. It's creepy. The, the information it's giving you is creepy, right? Mm-hmm. And the feeling it's giving you is creepy because it's a creepy movie. Right. This is like, they ended it like it was a comedy. It's almost like they lived happily ever after. I, it's weird. It doesn't make sense. I don't think the last, I do think the last scene with the- with Norman the, is good. But yeah. The, that's what I said. The car. The car. The car it doesn't, doesn't make sense. It doesn't hit me as comedy. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely disagree with that. Right. Um I I like the, I like the ending. I like those two last shots. Um, I do think Norman is the highlight of the movie. He's he is really well acted. Absolutely, super creepy. Yes, he he's. I mean, I think he's probably the reason this movie is a classic. Um, I think that character and that performance are are really good. And I assume that the Twilight Zone ness of the movie is mm-hmm. part of why it's famous. Like that, yeah. you are sort of like led to believe there are two characters, but actually there's only one character. Yes, there's a twist, right? There's a twist, and and you know nowadays twists are duragur, but in that day and age, it might have been like more interesting when there was a twist. They're like, oh, twists, what is that? Yeah, and the right? other thing too is like um, I can't remember since I've seen this movie and I saw it a long time ago. 
I can't remember what the experience of watching the movie is without knowing about the mother, like the twist. And so I feel like I can't, it's hard for me to say how well the, the twist, like how surprising it is, because I just don't remember. I don't remember what, what it felt like to watch this for the first time. Yeah, and I could see that being like a big deal. Yeah. Um, it's impossible to really watch it, even though I'd never seen it. It's impossible to not guess that because there's too much like cultural like knowledge about that, exactly. right? So, so I could see that of being a big thing. Like yeah, it's like a thing, I, right? I, it's a uh, thing, and it's also like I think there's a lot that that part of the movie where the 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 boyfriend and the sister are investigating it, not knowing exactly what's going on with Norman and the mother or whatever. I think adds a lot of in- of tension and suspense to those scenes too, because you have no idea what's going on, and you know that whoever this, if it's the mother, whoever it is, has killed two people, right? And right. so I think. I do think there's like there's something there that I'm missing as a viewer just because I can't have the experience of right. watching it fresh. Yes. Um that I do imagine is actually pretty good if you came in not knowing. Yeah, I think that's cl- that part is like clever. It's a good like it's a it's uh, that part works well, right? Uh mm-hmm. and I don't really have any complaints with that element of it. Yeah. However, getting back to what I was trying to say before why I thought the ending was bad even before the psychologist so I I thought the climactic scene in the basement was also terrible, just like across the board terrible. I thought the shot selection was bad. I thought the tone and the pace were horrible. That scene would have been 10 times better if she reveals the mother's, you know, rotten face mm-hmm. and like staggers backwards and then turns around and like Norman is just standing there in the dress Saying something Instead of, to her. Like, runs in with the knife. The runs with the knife is just, it's comedy again. It was just silly. And the boyfriend's like right there. He like runs in after and grabs the knife. Like it's so not suspenseful. I don't even have time to be scared. It happens so quickly. It's over in like, you know, 15 seconds and it fades mm-hmm. out to like the police station or something or cuts to the police station. There's so much better that could have been done. It was just, it's just awful. Like I thought that scene was terrible. Really really bad and not a good climax for the movie at all. Mm. Uh, So I thought really everything from when she goes into the basement to the uh, very end of the movie, with the exception of just the internal monologue of Norman, was bad. Uh, And and just I did not like the way it ended, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do think... I think there's moments that I I like. You know, there, I think Hitchcock has a cheesiness uh, to his yes. over the topness. When the chair spins around and the reveal of the skeleton, like it's hammy, yeah. but I kind of like it. Okay. It's, um, and you know, like he's not subtle. He's he's not known for subtleness. I mean, even think of the, the obviously the classic shower scene, um, where it kind of like pans down the tub to the spiraling drain, and it's like. It's so over the top, but it's like the hamminess is there's something kind of appealing about that to me. Do you know what I mean? So I don't necessarily have a problem with like camp um, because it almost feels a little campy sometimes, I think. I would agree. Um, It's 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 so I don't know that camp really works for me in it's it's you know, it's one of the reasons why I don't generally watch a lot of horror films because camp and like gore together are not really my thing. Like they don't yeah. make a lot of sense to me. Like I like serious horror, like the like the Shining or whatever, where I'm yeah. like actually scared and in it, and like it's not campy at all. Yeah. 
the campiness kind of fights the premise to me, and they, they just don't go together. Obviously, people love this stuff yeah. because every October they go to see these movies oh, that are yeah, literally yeah. that thing. So I'm sure that, you know, if you looked at it as a tradition where it's like Psycho was the beginning or I assume one of the earlier ones of these kind of like campy slasher films where people keep going to a hotel and getting killed by this guy. Wow, like great job Hitchcock starting this line of movies. That I don't like, right? right? And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's yeah. part of it, too, is, like, I yeah. could see maybe that's why this is famous, but, again, yeah. don't care for me, personally. Right. Whereas I, I I, like a little bit of camp. Like, I mean, okay. Buffy is, like, one of my all-time favorite right. shows, and that's right. uh, super campy at times. Right. So, um, yeah. Well, very low budget, too, which kind of which means it has, to be, exactly. right? and it I, has to be, right? Exactly. It has to be. There's a, I kind of, there's a part of me that really loves it. Uh, okay. The cheesy, the, sometimes that, like, cheesiness. Okay. Um. I, I kind of have this like fondness for okay. it. Okay. Um, and so even at times like they reveal in the basement with the turning around of the chair and the scream, it, like it's cheesy, but I I like it. Um, and same with the shower scene, right? Like there's a cheesiness to it. Like there's not enough blood. It needs to be, you know, ideally it would be a, a, quite a bit gorier than it is, right? She's getting stabbed. Um, but like, yeah. But it's it still works so well for me. Um, I thought the shower scene was pretty good, but again, like, I just feel like the difference between. So we watched The Shining last time, mm-hmm. and then we watched this, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to go from like basically like flawless cinematography to just like fine. And it was, so I might be like, it might be just a bad order, right? Yeah, I mean. But when I look at the shower scene, here are some, my thoughts. It's like, I love the idea of, we don't know, because I, I mean, I haven't seen this movie before, so I didn't know. Who was coming into the bathroom. Or even if this was the time, right? I did know vaguely there was a shower scene where someone gets killed in Psycho or whatever, but you don't know that this is the shower scene, right? She could have taken a shower all the time. It's like really pretty early in the movie, right? It's like it's pretty early in the in movie. It. I don't know that that main character is going to die, right? So I don't know. Like, I'm I'm relatively unspoiled for this, although, you know, I do know that there is a shower scene, so it's not entirely surprising when it happens, but still. So I like the idea of we're shooting from one side of the shower curtain to the other side of the shower curtain so we can kind of just see the shadow come yeah, in. Yeah, it's very which creepy. Is great. Is that, sh- that shot where the, where the person enters the room through the Fantastic. shower curtain is really creepy. Great shot. Yeah. Except for... High camera angle. So we are, as a viewer, we feel more removed from the shot because we are up looking down. If they just place the camera chest level, that shot becomes 10 times more terrifying. And I guarantee you that is the kind of thing that like, you know, in a Stanley Kubrick movie or whatever, you you would have been 10 times more terrified when that door opened. And I I just kept noticing that, again, he likes these high camera angles. High camera angles make us feel safe because we're up above it. We are not threatened, right? And I kept getting that feeling for this movie. The camera angles often were putting me out of harm's Mm. way. I didn't understand it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I agree with you, at least for the shower scene where it definitely is like a slightly above her head. It's not a high, high angle. It's It's not super high, but it's, it's up. It's like it's it's. It's the wrong place. So I mean, I think this is be- this is partly because they think they're they're trying to avoid nudity. So I think 
Yeah, I mean, there are some challenges to yeah. it, but she, I, I don't think it's that hard to avoid the news. She can just be turned away. Like, she can be facing the, uh, like, so her more her of her back is facing towards the camera or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, even, you know, even that might have been too much for the time. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, true. So, it, it, you know, if it was a technical taste, that's fine, but I still didn't like it. Yeah. I was like, that's not where the camera should be for this. Because there's another reason for that, and that is that the motion, if we're supposed to be scared that something's happening, the motion should come at us, not... Uh, uh, so that it would continue, if the motion will continue past the camera towards, like, like crossing the camera, that is much less dramatic than at the camera. That's weird, though, because right? in my memory of the scene where the, the you first see, a sh- like, something moving behind the shower curtain, it feels pretty head-on to me in my memory of that. Shot. I don't think so. It switches to like an over the, sh- like, not over the shoulder, over the head almost shot coming down, sort of. It's weird. We could go analyze yeah, it exactly. Yeah, we have to go pull it up. I remember it being just slightly above head angle, maybe. She's on the right side. There's a shower curtain, and then you see some movement sort of behind it in more of the, in like the center of the frame. Um, that's what I remember. It doesn't feel high. It doesn't feel like a high angle. Not like the one in the, that you referenced earlier. Well, that one is super that high. That one's like a that top one's down. That one's top down, which um, is, you know, very unusual. Yeah. Uh, that one, I, I, so yeah, I don't know. The shower scene, I, I thought the shower scene in general is like pretty well shot. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Um, it has um, some really, like the, the grabbing the hand and pulling the curtain off the, the springing. Like, like there's really, I like the way that it doesn't, like what he chooses to show. The little details of, of, so he's not showing her literally like where she's getting stabbed, right? But he's showing these other details, her hand, her yeah, feet, yeah. The, the blood running down. the Like that, I think that's really cleverly done and uh, very effective, especially considering like, you yeah, know, th- you're th- not going to, yeah. he's, he's not setting out to make like a gory scene. I'm nitpicking it. Like I said, I liked the scene. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. dislike the scene. I, I, I mean, there's plenty of scenes in this movie I didn't like. I, that one was, wasn't on that. I thought and it was I good. Do, and I do I thought think- it was good. Like, I don't know enough about the history of, like, horror as a genre and stuff. Um, But I am imagining to viewers at the time this probably felt, like, pretty intense. And that's why I sort of was saying for, I don't know how to adjust it for inflation. Maybe there's a lot of good stuff. Like, you know, the knife coming back and a shot of that. You know, those may have been very novel at the time. And so, you know, it's like, I do think there's a lot that we take for granted about Hitchcock in general. Right. Like, I think it's important to remember with any Hitchcock movie, that he's doing a lot of new stuff and he's making choices that end up changing movies and defining like how movies are made. And so you can look back at them and they definitely don't hold up as well. But I do think, you know, a lot of the things he was doing were pretty new and original. I don't have a solid understanding of exactly where this is in movie history, though. It was post-Kane, right? So it's, yeah, oh, it's yes. quite a bit... Later, which Kane has all of this camera work down, basically. Yeah, so it's Citizen not. Kane is like a shockingly modern feeling. Yeah, so I'm like, it's not like you didn't know how to so do Psycho it. So Psycho is uh, 1960. Which yeah, is, so which pretty is, modern, actually. It's, it's it's only yeah, Lawrence of Arabia is only two years later. And Lawrence of Arabia is, I mean, but, in a, but, is is camera yes, work times a thousand but past this they're thing. very different genres so. they're very different genres and they're doing very different things so you can't really I, I wouldn't really compare them i do think the campiness thing of the hitchcock stuff is it, it, it does define like a, a, a genre that comes later i do think like which, I, yeah, which again i don't like so maybe if you're really into that stuff you're like oh this is brilliant because like they just d- established this weird like the guy falling down the stairs which is like a horribly bad shot in my opinion <laughs> maybe someone looks at that and goes like oh that's hilarious and awesome 
You know, I'm thinking of like Jay Bowman from Red Letter Media yeah, yeah, yeah. might be like, this is great. Like, this is this is who invented the thing that yeah, I and, now love. And, and, and so I could and I could understand that. And like that scene, I also don't have a problem with it. Okay. I, I like I there's something about the cheesy thing that I, I just like. So I think that yeah. might be part of the disconnect then yeah. on also why to me it doesn't come across as a classic is because those things just seem cheesy just like they do to me today whereas if you're really into them maybe you're like oh this is where that came from yeah there's right, something, something to me I don't know there's something like kind of endearing about the cheesiness okay. something something like very likable about okay. it uh, so, and I don't know yeah. that's just a preference thing I think that's it's how it hits you right I don't I can totally see why it would for many people it would be like this is just dumb right well, there's um, obviously a whole subculture of it, right? Yeah. Though, and it's very popular. Yeah. Like, these movies make a ton of money relative to their budgets, which I think is one of the reasons why Hollywood likes camp, is because camp is easier to produce typically because, you know, you don't need the massive budget because you're trying to have things stand out yeah. as looking a little cheap or a little funny. And so, you know, it's, but it's massive market, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Is from what I can tell. So it's you're not alone. Like, I mean, I think uh, there's other, and there's other really good, creepy things this movie does. Um, I think yeah, the, I have the some Bates, positives, actually. The Bates House. That was one fantastic. of them. Fantastic. I mean. That was one of them. Shot that, beautifully. And super creepy. Um, in, I, I don't know that much about horror movies. I, I don't watch a ton yeah. of them. But, I, you know, the creepy house on the hill yeah. is like a thing. And I don't yeah. know. It, it was very, like, yeah. iconic. And you could see, like, I imagine that's the first time people saw that image, and now you see it all the time. Yeah, like They're just the that ba- is a that, thing. The Bates that that Norman Bates the the house is that, like and that kind of house it, even is is, is replicated is now. Like image, they use that house exactly, right? exactly. Uh, that's yeah. that's like super classic. Yes, uh, we talked about the actor who plays Norman before. Fantastic. It was very good. Um, very good. His awkwardness, the creepiness of that, uh, the facial expressions, like he just nails it. Uh, that was great, and I liked the taxidermy. Yes, right. Yes, uh, that's a nice element of the of the script too, because it's like okay, like you know, that's why he might have like embalmed his like kept his mother kind of preserved because yeah, they yeah. had to have an like explanation for that, and that was kind of a nice. And it's also tie-in, creepy, like it's you, creepy, and, and you have those shots yeah. of like the birds. Uh, yes. Kind of those taxidermy birds, like always looking, which is another one of those like over the top Hitchcock things, right? Where you have like these these like creepy birds with the eyes, like kind of looking down at you, and and when he when he sort of cuts to those, and it's like it's cheesy and campy, kind of, but it's like it's good. I but don't know. Uh, so to me, that doesn't feel that campy. Really? I liked that stuff a lot more. Okay. There was a shot or two where the lighting was kind of campy, but in other shots where the taxidermy is just kind of there. To me, that works a lot better. It's a lot closer to something like The Shining, where it's just yeah, yeah. It's just showing you something that's there, but that thing is kind of just unsettling mm-hmm. with where it is and where it is in the shot. And I thought that that scene was getting closer, like the scene where she talks to Norman Bates with the taxidermy in that room. Yeah, yeah. That scene was much more like what I would have liked the whole movie to be. Right. It, right. it felt shot. It was clean. It was like. Everyone was a little on edge. There was not that much blatantness. They were sort of talking past each other a little bit and having what sounded to be more like a real conversation that I could believe actually happens between someone who's, you know, kind of uh, not all there because she's running away from whatever and she has the money and she's kind of scared and someone who's like literally mentally ill. Mm -hmm. Um, That scene was great. 
the rest of the movie like wasn't, hmm. it, you know, but but I could see like that scene. I was like, all right, I'm I'm that scene worked mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. and I liked the taxidermy and I liked the yeah. shooting angles. They were lower. They were imposing on me. Yeah, because you have made this, the feel... lower angles, so you can see yes. the taxidermy's up higher, uh, like above, uh, you know. Yes. Yeah, it just um, it, it works well. It so works to well. me, like in that scene, everything felt like it was working together. In a lot of the other scenes, things feel they feel more uh, incoherent. The choices are not reinforcing each other. The angle is high for some reason, so I'm less scared. Uh, the the people are doing things that I'm focusing tons of screen time on, on actions I don't really need to see, uh, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. It kind of felt very much more incoherent. But in some scenes, and that was the one I could remember where I was like, no, that's really good. And other times, similarly, I'd say, like, imagery-wise... When you see like that big house and the little like cabins next to it and somebody walking, mm-hmm. it just felt really good in yeah. those moments, right? Yeah, and yeah. so there were a couple places where I was like, oh, there was like a better movie happening in here. And then it kind of falls apart again when it goes to do those other things that I didn't like. But but I definitely there were definitely places where I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm I, I like this part, right? Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Well. I don't know how much more do you have to say. I feel like I I don't have that Not much. A lot. Mo- yeah, Not a I don't lot. have that much more to say. Obviously, I'm much more positive on this than you, which yeah, seems yeah. to be the Molly Movie Club trend. Is I like something generally, and you dislike <laughs> something generally. Low standards. No, I think you're just you have you have your your needs. You need a movie to do, and and I don't. You you seem to have some pretty specific things that you want a movie to be doing. I yeah. think the, the reason I think this happens is because I am a child of the '80s. So you know, uh, being born you know in the '70s means that you grow up basically from 1980 to 1990 is the decade that you most overlap with your childhood and going to see movies regularly mm-hmm. and crappy movies in the '80s. That you would go to see, like movies that were supposed to be the fluff. So you go to the summer blockbuster, right? Which is not an art film. It's like, you know, Empire Strikes Back and E.T. and Back to the Future and Terminator 2. And you're just like, the level of meticulous script work in what was supposed to be a crap film, like a film that's just supposed to be the moneymaker, the blockbuster you're seeing expert craftsmanship. So I think it like my my brain got fooled into thinking that that's the low bar. But that's the high bar, right? <laughs> the high bar is these movies. Nobody makes anything like ET. It's impossible. Like that's the the best thing you're going to see, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I think now one of the problems is I watch movies and that's what I grew up expecting is I go to a movie and the the script is flawless. It's it's perfect. We set up all the characters. We know who they are. All the shots are beautiful. Like, and I thought that was just a movie. I thought that's what you that's what you get when you go to see the movie, right? Not necessarily. It's like, no. Well, and I think too, it's like um, you know, for me, story is like one part of a movie, and it doesn't necessarily always have to work if the other things about the movie are working well. But it sounds like for you, it's like there's just some some usually story related things yeah. that have to be there. Yeah. And for me, uh, film is is a medium that can sometimes be used for storytelling, but not it doesn't have to be, right? Yeah. And so I'm not necessarily looking as at film as like always a narrative 
tool. Like it's yeah. it's it's for me, film is is film. It's like yeah. it's one one thing you can do with it is tell a good story, but but there's a lot of there's a lot of other stuff you can do with it too. So you know, and I, I do wonder whether part of that again is like I said, just what I've been accustomed to, right? And what I thought movies were supposed sure, to be. Sure, sure, yeah. And then now you go and it's like, oh, actually, like scripts are not really a thing. Like it's just like it's images on a screen. Just like go in and maybe you enjoy it, maybe you don't. Yeah. But constructing a story out of it is not really what we're doing here, right? It could be. Um, it could be. Some people like to do it that. Could be. But other people yeah. are just purely, you know, <clears throat> you have yeah. Terrence Malick's and stuff like people who yeah. are who are really focused on the visual yeah. experience and yeah. Um, and the story is there, but it's like a secondary concern that's not that yeah. priority. And so it's like, and then obviously you can go even further afield and find movies that are have no story at all right yeah and so it's just you know i i am open to all of these types of film and i I, there's i think there's potential value in all these types of film yeah anyway yeah so i think i think like that's i don't know that's how i would put it is like i think maybe i was kind of got accustomed to the fact that you always had a very strong idea of what was going on in the movie as an underpinning of the movie even movies you just would not think of as like strong writing. If you go back and look at them now, their writing is absolutely masterful compared to what you see yeah. typically now or probably before, yeah. probably prior to the 1976, eight sort of time period. You just would not have expected to go to a movie and seen that uh, level of like, kind of narrative construction. So if you think that's what movies have in them typically when you go see them, you're actually wrong. That was a very specific time period, about a decade or two long, where after, before and after that, anything goes. What I would say is, I do think also earlier this was true. Because I feel like when people were coming from the playwriting tradition more or so, all the stories were very strong. Like in the very early times, they were just plays that oh, were yeah, like, yeah, right? Yeah. So I do think in like the Citizen Kane time as well, it would have been pretty odd to go to the movie theater and see something that didn't really have scenes that add up to something, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Well, in any case, do you have anything else to add? I don't think there's much else for me to say on Doesn't... Psycho. I I like it. I enjoy watching it. And uh, I think it's a fun, it's a fun movie. It's a classic. For me, yeah, Psycho, not that interesting, but it's not. it was not particularly surprising because, like I said, I've seen several Hitchcock movies. They all feel about the same to me. They're not awful. I don't hate them. But I come away going like, eh, like, okay. Um, it was a long Twilight Zone episode is usually ki- kind of honestly the general feeling I get. I would be interested to do Strangers on a Train sometime mm-hmm. if we can because that was one where I thought that the – I, I kind of liked it more than a normal okay. Hitchcock film. And I'd like to see, we should talk about it and see if I still think so. Because yeah. there's a lot of things in it that I thought were interesting. And I think that it would be interesting to talk about it with reference to Psycho as well. Because they're kind of similar. They're enough different, but they're they're pretty similar in terms of like what they have in them, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. So. Well, maybe we'll get to it. Maybe we will. All right. Well, I guess I guess that's it then. That's it, folks. Um, so thanks for joining us for another episode of Molly Movie Club. We'll be back next week with uh, a much more modern film, The Witch. I'm, the Witch. I'm, I'm a little nervous about this one, man. I think this one's supposed to be scary. I I actually don't really watch like horror movies. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, 
uh, hopefully you don't have nightmares about this one. We'll find it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, you'll have to like watch through your like through your fingers. That's right. right. Like, the little, That's right. Yeah, you know they do. We'll have to see. Maybe maybe it'll be fine. Maybe it'll be fine. All right. We will we will be back next week with the Vivich. Until then, have fun watching movies, everyone, and we'll see you later. Bye.